On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. It is Thursday, October the 14th. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith with you, and we will have Jimmy Murphy along with us momentarily as well, breaking down the Thursday uh, NHL card. Uh, very, very fascinating night. We're going to, we got a big card, so we're going to be very brief with last night's thoughts. And I'm going to focus more on the broadcast. I, don't, I actually don't want to talk about some of the results because it was a tough night uh, for uh, most of us last night with the betting board. But I, again, it's, I stress this all the time, especially early in the season. Everybody wants to get off to a fast start. Everybody now want, wants to bet hockey now. And then there's people that once we get into the, part of the year where things get busy January, February, March, you know, maybe they slack off a little bit with their interest in betting hockey. And so if you don't get off to a good start, you know, it, it bothers people, but you know, the people that are in this daily for the full season realize it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. There was a season to uh, just, I think it was 2000. It was 2017. It was an 82 game schedule. Like we've got now once again, and I was down 12 units in the season. And yet I chipped away, I chipped away, I chipped away, battled back, got on a good run, you know, in the second half post all-star break. And next thing you know, I ended up plus two units that year. And again, nothing to sneak, nothing to write home about, but still to go from minus 12 units to plus two units at the end of the year and be profitable. I said, I will take that any, any day of the week and I'll take being profitable, especially after that kind of start. So just be aware of that. You know, this is, you know, this is like with any sport, you're going to have good runs, you're going to have bad runs. The key is to maintain that bankroll discipline. Uh, you want to be able to do that uh, throughout the year. You know, like for me, uh, I'm in a bad run. Do I do I increase my units and my sizes? No, uh, absolutely not. You know, you stick with it, you ride out the little slump and, and you keep on going. So that's what we aim to do here. Uh, yeah, and it's disappointing. Someone actually said to me on uh, Twitter last night, yeah, I... <laughs> It looks like now you would know nothing about hockey. And yeah, I know nothing about hockey. I've been watching hockey for 30 years, man. 30 years. That's longer than a lot of people have, that are tuning into the show have been alive, you know, basically. But uh, yeah, I know nothing about hockey. I've been watching the sport for 30 years. I haven't picked up a damn morsel of knowledge that entire time, uh, obviously. But uh, yeah, like if you want to criticize, you know, when picks don't go well, that's fine. Um, no, no, I, nothing wrong with that. You got to call us out, but don't, don't say that. Don't use that ridiculous statement that, you know, nothing about hockey. Don't go there. Uh, because that's just ridiculous. You know, uh, you just, if you want to criticize the picks, that's fine, but don't go there with that kind of comment. Uh, speaking of comments that I have that are positive, how about TNT last night for a first impression? Yes. Uh, in terms of their NHL on TNT broadcast, um, it is just, I was floored by how good it was. I mean, you're seeing 
a laid back bar type of pub atmosphere uh, in the studio last night. And great job, by the way, by Liam anchoring. He's got that. He's already got that Ernie Johnson type feel. Just you know, set it up on a tee for Rick Tockett and Wayne Gretzky and Anson Carter and Paul Bissonette and just let them go at it. And just and he interjects with you know pretty funny stuff here and there too. Liam, I thought it was just perfect. You know, bringing in Barkley was cool to do the uh, shootout with uh, Wayne Gretzky. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked they didn't let him get out of the uh, suit and tie and the and and, and the uh, and the dress pants. You know, to at least play goalie. Uh, there, I mean, they they really made it difficult on him, and yet he still managed to stop one, which I think is a victory, if you ask me, for uh, Charles Barkley and, and the five Wayne Gretzky shots he faced. But look, the thing that I liked is that they've already got incredible camaraderie. They had so much fun. The laughs were, you know, they're cracking jokes. It's just the kind of stuff that had been absent, you know, for NHL broadcast for a while. You're seeing the personalities come out. Uh, I thought the, the you know the graphics were good. I thought it was a very, very good first night. The tweet, the showing tweets from fans, that was a positive uh, last night from the TNT broadcast. You know, and the interaction, the funny memes that uh, the uh, during the during the broadcasts, uh, the studio banter was good. They had good topics to discuss as well. Uh, and look, Wayne Gretzky is never going to be Mister Charisma, not by any stretch of the imagination. But he loosened up the more that went along last night, and the and I just think to myself. The longer this goes, that's only the first night together. That's only their first show together. Could you imagine how good it could be if it was already that good last night? How good it could be with more weeks under their belt, more shows under their belt, and how much more chemistry. And, you know, they're going to be really, you know, just the chemistry on air is going to get better. And I think Wayne's going to get more comfortable. He already showed toward the end of the show last night, starting to loosen up. You know, don't be so rigid, you know. And he got better, I thought, Wayne, as the night went on. And I think you're going to see him fit well with that group. And uh, very impressed with what we saw from uh, TNT uh, last night. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to what's next for or the rest of the season from uh, the Turner Sports uh, Group with their NHL coverage. Uh, Alex, we'll bring you in here. What did you think of everything that went down last night? Yeah, as far as the coverage goes with TNT, they did a phenomenal job. And like I said, I was excited when they announced that it was going to be TNT or Turner Sports and ESPN picking up the new deals. I said, you know, on this program, I'm like, I think, you know, TNT is really going to knock it out of the park even more than ESPN will uh, because of the success they've had with the NBA. And they were able to to not just carbon copy inside the NBA and then paste it to, to the NHL. They have their own style, their own flow. Uh, you know, I think all of us could say, Maybe outside of Jimmy, because you're actually, you know, involving you know yourself with players and, and talking to players. But I think the most of us on the outside kind of say that, you know, we don't get to see the personalities of, of, of hockey players that often and, and, you know, vibrant personalities. It doesn't doesn't come off that way, even in interviews and different things. But we really got to see that in full display last night. Uh, like I said, Gretzky did a phenomenal job. Even even Biz Nasty, you know, I mean, obviously we know him from uh, his podcast uh, stuff, but he was able to, to still have that kind of energy and fun that we see when he's on Spitting Chicklets, but also you know keep it uh, clean and professional, on, you know, for television. And uh, it just it was just great. The Charles Barkley bit was absolutely hysterical. The funniest part actually wasn't even when he was in net making the saves. The funniest part was when they were sitting down. He's, he's sitting down with Gretzky trying to put the gear on. And Gretzky looks over and goes, he's like, I don't even know how to put those pads on. <laughs> I just thought that was just great. Like it was just, it was just really just genuine, natural, you know, organic humor from, from that group. And like I said, they're only going to get better uh, as they move along. So I'm, I'm really thrilled to see that that worked out. 
as far as play on the ice goes, uh, like I said, our plays didn't go that well. A lot of things that we thought would happen, you know, didn't. Obviously, most notably the Tom Wilson, Ryan Reeves, uh, you know, grudge match we expected to see. That did not. Yeah, never mind our bets losing. That was the biggest disappointment <laughs> and failure of the night. No fight with those two guys. What's up yeah. with that? And, and and no fight with the New York Rangers because the way that they played, I mean, they were being, you know, physical, but they weren't doing it in a smart way, which I'm stunned by. You know, Gerald Gallant's an old school kind of guy, you know, the mentality. Of, I thought that, you know, they, they were going to really kind of impose their will, but still keep it, you know, uh, you know, between the years. They took a lot of dumb penalties, which you cannot do against the Capitals. And sure enough, that's what buried them. Uh, the I, if there was one caveat to the the, uh, the broadcast, it was probably when they plugged Wayne Gretzky in to talk about Ovechkin uh, in the middle of the game. Which, ironically enough, the Capitals scored twice during that interview. He's just kind of talking right through it. But uh, you know, like I said, those are growing pains. They'll you know get that timing done, down as things move along. Other than that, I would, I still say A plus uh, for the Turner Sports broadcast. But just a lot of weird things as far as games go. Uh, Chicago laid an egg early, and then they had to fight their way back. Of course, they couldn't get the win. Uh, we saw Anaheim, despite being outshot by a near two to one margin, pull out a four one win, and uh, you know look like a team that might not be uh, just completely laying eggs all season long. So uh, obviously, it's night two. We can't just take everything with uh, you know as gospel, but uh, it was just it was definitely an interesting night for the second night of the season. I'm fascinated to see the ratings as well on TNT for the first night because I can report, too, that the ESPN ratings on Tuesday night for their doubleheader up significant. It's like they destroyed any recent season opener night rating that NBC Sports Network got uh, the last, which isn't that shocking. Like NBC Sports Network, I'm sorry, I hate to say it. It's not a big-time sports network to people, to the common sports fan in the United States compared to ESPN at, you know, five, even FS1, I think, is is, is further ahead uh, than NBC yeah. Sports Network. And more homes. Yep. You know, that just that alone. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, so the ratings are good. It's a good first step that the ratings Tuesday night for the ESPN doubleheader were good. It's going to be interesting to see what they are for last night, the Wednesday night inaugural TNT uh, doubleheader. Uh, Jimmy Murphy with us now, too. Jimmy, uh, thoughts on last night? Well, yeah, I'll start with just the, the network coverage. I agree with everything you guys are saying. I thought TNT's doing a great job. And, you know, one thing I'm, I'm getting a little tired of, uh, like, so far with, with people reacting to it on social media, it's like they just started, both ESPN and TNT. Don't be so nitpicky. Don't be so quick to jump all over them and pick on the littlest things. It just You just look like a miserable soul to me. I mean, it, it, it comes off as a bad look for you to be out there. Oh, they did Complain you for the thing. Yeah, it's like lighten up, you know, like lighten up. There's that, there's that man I love. I'm going to show my age here, but I don't know if you remember the movie Stripes. But, you know, there's a great scene with Sergeant Hawk where he's just looking at that guy and he goes, lighten up, Francis. And he's just, it's like, you know, it's, it, I use that all the time to people when they're being too negative. So, look, I, I think it's a, it's a work in progress, but so far so good. The one thing I, I would have um, – critique about and i was i was discussing this with an nhl scout about two hours ago and this is more this is not on the technical side this is more on the play-by-play side <laughs> and again i'm not saying you know they suck or anything it's just going to take time to get used to for them and for us is i feel like sean mcdonough and john bucci Groats feel a little out of sorts with their play-by-play i i think both guys are great i know them personally they're really great dudes to hang out with they know their hockey i'm not questioning that I just feel like sometimes 
more if I'll say, for example, Bucci Gross, I feel like he'd be better in a color spot than a play by play, if that makes sense. I, I feel like yeah. he's a complimentary piece. And that's I'm not trying to insult him. I'm just trying to say with everybody to certain, you know, sort of find their roles. And maybe that's what happens. Maybe as we go on, each guy sort of fall, fall or women falls into the role that they they have and it will work better. But that's the only little critique I would have. I don't think they suck by any means. I just felt like both of them felt a little bit uncomfortable. And you know what? Maybe as the viewer, that's me feeling uncomfortable because I'm trying to break away from what I've been used to for the last, you know, 10 to 15 years with NBC. No. I'm trying to break away from that. And so maybe it's taking time for me to get used to. So it, it's a learning process. I think they're doing a great job overall, but I think you guys nailed it. The best part is it's fun. And and it's it's yeah. gonna, you know, it, it's time. Look, I'm an I'm a, I'm age 47, but it's time for for the for the uh, the networks that are doing this and the NHL to start to filter in not even people as young as you guys, but people way younger. Like you know, it's time to start bringing in the 14, 15 year olds and high school kids and and the college kids and really making them feel familiar with it, making them feel like they're part of it, but at the same time maintaining that connection to the older group and the older demographic, like myself. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, excellent points there, Jimmy, for sure. Uh, and I'll say one thing, though, about, um, yeah, Butchagross is, you're right, he's done hockey in the college ranks. I know he's done the Frozen Four all these years on ESPN. Uh, I thought he was okay, but you're right. I mean, uh, that's a fair point that he was a little off kilter. Certainly Sean was. But look, Sean, Doc Emmerich couldn't shine up that turd that was that Tampa Bay-Pittsburgh game right. uh, no. the other night. And uh, I think our, ears, our ears are so tuned to Sean being college football right yeah. now. Yeah. You know, like I, I, yeah. I think we've been like I'm saying, it's just our eyes and our ears are so for people more. You're like from from your age on up through me and even older than me. I, I think it's just it's it's untuning our ears and our eyes to accept the new reality. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Exactly. Yeah. No, that that's definitely the case, too, because even with hearing Butch Gross, when he called the Frozen Four games, some of the college hockey games, I'm so used to him being on NHL tonight. Right. years ago yes. that it's just weird even hearing him during a game it's, he just you know, seems so like in so, studio right yeah. like he's more an in-studio right. guy to me but yeah yeah and so but but like i said but but that's for for us in our age range you know there's, and there's other people who like like i said people who even may remember the end of uh espn covering hockey probably don't even remember nhl tonight because they kind of phased that out well before the coverage ended uh like i said that was like the premier thing in the in at least in the 90s uh yeah. because you know you couldn't just you know find other games and we talk about you know the the infancy of the internet as well so uh that like i said there's definitely different generations that are going to have different feels about how things are but like i said but things are going to gel together as they progress forward yeah and i'll say guys you get get into the games too uh now you know and and our our betting record so far look i i'm gonna flat out say it right now and and you know i i thought about this when i woke up today and i'm kind of looking back on on what we picked and and just the games right now one thing I think we all have to factor in, and I'm not using this as excuses or anything. I'm, I'm just saying for handicappers, for journalists, uh, for the players, for coaches, for scouts, for anyone involved in the game right now, we just went through a goddamn whirlwind. Like we just went through some kind of twilight zone. And that's how I feel like I feel like I'm waking up from some weird movie or something with the way obviously with hockey, but also just with life in the last yeah. year and a half with COVID. And, and, and things were a lot different. And, and now it's like, okay, are, are we back to what we were two seasons ago? 
and, and where does it go from here? And I think we're all just trying to get a grasp on that right now. And I, I think we're all just going to really have to learn uh, these early trends. And, and once we see them, just jump on them. It, it's, I think it's a learning process for everyone involved, the fans, the viewers, everybody in the game. It's just, it's weird right now. And that, that's the only way I can describe it. Yeah, it is. And it's an adjustment period. And even the bad teams don't know they're bad just yet. You know, like Anaheim last night. Yeah, like Winnipeg. <laughs> there you yeah, go. exactly. There you go. So early in the season is always, and I know there's people that don't. And I, I, I've had good success in good first days and good first weeks in the past. So that's why I always handicap and bet right from day one. Yeah. But I know there's people that won't even touch the NHL until everybody plays at least two games. Yeah. I yeah. know there are people that do that. So, and I maybe- felt like I was hitting more unders guys, yeah. like in the first few weeks of the last few seasons, because the over unders were being set so high. Remember? I mean, we were seeing like sevens, seven yeah. and a half at a time. And, and I was like, screw this. I'm going to go under, man. I mean, I, you know, if it goes over, then so be it, but that's just too high. Yeah. And so you'd take the chance. And now it's just, I don't know. I, I don't know where we're at right now. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's tough to judge, but we'll, we'll get, we'll get the, uh, we'll get the feel for it. And one thing I look at tonight, guys, uh, is that is speaking over unders, and we'll get to it, I'm sure. But that Ottawa Toronto game really uh, is grabbing my interest. I, I have a lot of interest in watching that game in so many different aspects. Yeah, and I'll touch on one thing before we get into to tonight's card and going back, and and also kind of tag tags to a comment that was mentioned. The stuff about you know, kind of like why why are we you know making so much about the broadcast? Well, that means a lot because of how you're visualizing and watching the game, especially mm-hmm. for for us, especially somebody like me betting live. Which that helped me the first week of last year with the shortened schedule. It helped me last night. Uh, I was able to kind of b- bounce back and stay afloat because I hit three live wagers last night. There you go. Uh, at good plus prices. So how things yeah. are being broadcast. And I, and I mentioned it to Ian off air about, or mentioned just now too, about Gretzky when he was talking during the, that segment uh, where they, you know, asking about Ovechkin breaking the record, two goals happened in, in the span of that. And that kind of distracted me where I actually missed a shot at betting that third goal, <laughs> you know? So yeah. thankfully I was able to, to, to hit the fourth and fifth ones later with, with the Capitals. How about that my point, Leon's, uh video message? Oh yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That <laughs> That was awesome. That was but yeah, so, cool. so so those things, you know, you know, you talk about with the new, you know, we talk about these little nuances with camera angles and different things. That that's important for us who, right. who use the seeing eye test. That that that's crucial uh, right. when making you know live wages and things like that. So so yeah, so it does it does tie back to to the gambling. It's not just you know our enjoyment level. There there's a, right. a there's an adjustment factor. level I think in all aspects of the game right now. Right, um, exactly. You know, and then you guys said I get to talk to these players and the personality thing too. I mean, yeah, I'm all for it too, guys. I want them to show the personalities I see behind the scenes because I've covered every pro sport, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a hockey guy. You know, you guys know I speak objectively. And hands down, these guys are the best guys in the world. I mean, it's just they're, they're just dudes that you hang out at a pub with. You don't get no. that in baseball. No. Baseball, no. they're on. You don't get that from Kyrie Irving or any of those yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. I mean, these guys are the best guys. So to be able to to show that and, and, and bring that connection or, you know, there's so many times where I wish I could tell you stories that I have about in pubs and on the road and, you know, shit like that. I can't because out of respect for their privacy, but I have a feeling with the, you know, the people they've hired in the game that that's going to start to come out more and, and the fans will enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this goes. And uh, it's funny, a new sport where, or a new sport now where ESPN and TNT 
are sharing the national TV rights, just like NBA. And yet the TNT uh, studio show is still better uh, than uh, ESPN. <laughs> Although ESPN's was good. E- I'll say yeah. this ESPN's NHL studio coverage Tuesday night was way better than ESPN's NBA studio coverage has been the last few years, which has been embarrassingly bad. It's been absolutely atrocious. The NBA studio stuff for ESPN, the NHL, at least for ESPN was better than that. No question. Uh, we're going to hope for better betting results tonight. So That's let's good. transition and great segue right there. You know, the king of the segues, Ian Cameron, is ready for a bunch more this season right here on the Ice Guys show. And we're going to start wait, the Thursday cards. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Ian Pun Cameron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ian Pun Cameron. Uh, uh, even though my name doesn't have a P in it or letter, it doesn't, my name doesn't have the letter P in it, but we'll pun it up regardless. Um, should be a good one here. Interesting battle. Battle of Ontario to get the Thursday card going. Toronto Maple Leafs. Ottawa Senators, Toronto, minus 170 road favorites, six the total, six and a half in some spots. Um, Toronto with a nice win, uh, very workmanlike, uh, solid defensively. Great game from Jack Campbell, outstanding. I thought he played great. I thought Jake Allen played well, even in the loss uh, for Montreal. Uh, the difference ended up being uh, the uh, great shot by William Nylander to make it two to one. He just faked the shot, got Jake Allen down just ever so slightly, and then he roofed it over him for a two-to-one victory. So really good win uh, for the Leafs there, a big win against a team that knocked them out in the playoffs last year. And now they're going on the road, though, second night of back-to-backs. I'm going to get your guys' thoughts when you talk about this game as well, just in general, the concept of team that's played a game already facing a team that hasn't played a game yet. Who do you give the advantage to in these situations? For me, it's case-by-case really is more than anything else uh for me though in this game i'd be worried about laying the price with toronto because they were in this spot last year they won their first game at home montreal to open the season they went on the road to play ottawa the very next night and they lost you know and that's the same kind of situation potentially we might see here Ottawa's going to be working hard, no doubt. And I'm sure they're happy that they got the Matthew Kachuk thing, or Brady Kachuk, I should say, finally done. Uh, but he, uh, you know, getting the contract extension done, although I don't think still uh, he is going to be playing tonight. He won't be available for tonight against the uh, Leafs. Uh, Shane Pinto's banged up. They've got a couple, Colin White's on IR. So they got a couple guys out. Matt Murray's starting the year out, but, you know, it's their goaltending's interchangeable. So it's going to be Anton Forsberg. It's been given the start here uh, tonight against the uh, Leafs. He didn't really play all that great last year, but he actually played decent at times against this very Toronto team. So it's interesting how that goes. Maybe a pizza bet on Ottawa here, plus 150, just because uh, Toronto could be a tricky spot, and they failed in this spot last year, back-to-back against Ottawa to open the year after beating Montreal. But we'll just lean a little bit. Small bet for me, maybe, on Ottawa, plus 150. Nothing significant. Uh, Alex, what are your thoughts here? Leafs and Sens. Yeah, nothing here uh, for me either. Like I said, Anton Forsberg starting. Matt Murray won't even dress tonight. It'll be Philip Gustafson as the backup. Murray's dealing with some sort of illness. He said it's not COVID. He even tested three times and negative, but it's something that's wearing him down. So it could just be general flu or a cold, but uh, he will not dress in this game. Uh, Ten of the last 16 meetings have been decided by one goal. So I would maybe possibly lean with a draw in play. Uh, even though it's, it's plus 370 right now, but I want to kind of see how things uh, develop. If Forsberg isn't isn't steady around the gate, then obviously you just throw that out the window. Uh, so like I said, this would be more of a of an end game kind of live wagering uh, spot for me, if anything. But as of now, I have nothing. 
And by the way, Peter Morozik, as expected, with Jack Campbell playing last night, will make his uh, Toronto Maple Leafs regular season debut tonight. Morozik and net for the Leafs. Jimmy, what do you like here? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you guys, and and I got a little a little scoop for you here. Pay very close to this, very close attention to this game as we get closer and closer to game time, because I'm been told by somebody in the organization that it is not out of the realm of possibility that Brady Kachuk suits up. So if he suits up, I would bet heavy, heavy, heavy on the Ottawa Senators because they are going to be so revved. They're already going to be revved up enough as it is because they got high hopes for the season. They're playing the Leafs. It's going to be a packed house. But all of a sudden, if they get this surprise in warmups that he's coming into the lineup, I, I would just go ahead. So keep keep close attention to that as we go on. I already love the Senators in this, and I also love the over. Um, and, you know, as far as Matt Murray goes, I think he's a guy you look you look at once he gets healthy. Keep an eye. I think he's going to have a bounce back year there. Um, but, I, you know, with the goalies in that tonight, I, I like the over a lot. Um, I also think you're going to get some tired legs, obviously, from the Leafs last night. So yep. uh, I'm going on the Senators' money line and the over in this right now. But I might go real heavy on the Senators if I see that Kachuk is in the lineup. All right, so a lean to the over here. I did lean over as well. I was hoping for better than six. There are a couple sixes, but not many. Six and a half at most spots. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be in a rush for uh, the under tonight because Ottawa is a team I'm looking to bet over the total just in general because I think they're going to score. Kachuk, you know, with Batherson as well. Uh, Stutzla, Josh Norris. Yeah, I mean, Connor Brown, Shane Pitt. I think guys that are going to be able to score for them. Yeah, but Uh, they've, they've got no defense. But exactly. Other than Shabbat, you got Artem Zub. Zaitsev's terrible at times in his own end. Mete yeah. couldn't cut it in Montreal. Nick Holden. I mean, Josh Bratt's just not a great defense. And right. if you bring Delzato in, he's a liability in his own end. He's a good skater, but he's not great in his own end. So, yeah, a lot of shaky defense defenders on that Ottawa blue line. So, yeah, we're, we're in lockstep here. Ottawa circled as an over team for me in terms of their game totals. Speaking of teams circled as an over team for their game totals, the Buffalo Sabres, they're hosting the uh, Montreal Canadiens. We've got Montreal minus 140, road favorites, five and a half the total. Uh, I am on the over here, five and a half. Like, I'll always try to make a case to play an over five and a half. To me, it's not much of a case to make uh, to play this one over five and a half. This could be one of the worst teams defensively in the league, Buffalo. Yeah. And, and you look at the goaltending, you're talking about... Um, Greg Anderson. Craig Anderson and Dustin Tokarski, that's nothing to write home about. Like I say, you got Pissick, Colin Miller, Robert Hag, Jacob Bryson, Yoki Haru's a top pair defenseman, not from what I've seen uh, in the past for the Sabres. Darlene is, was a mess train wreck defensively last year. I like his skill set, but he's good enough, still good offensively because he can skate, lug the puck, shoot the puck, be on the power play, do those kind of things uh, for you. Uh, Buffalo, though, on the flip side, you know, you worry where's the offense going to come from, but They'd still have Olafson. Rasmus Asplund stepped up down the stretch last year. Dylan Cousins, uh, that's the one guy I would take on this team up front uh, because he gives you great effort every night. They bring in Hinnestroza. Middlestat now going to be a top-line center. And I like the way he played down the stretch, but it's kind of like with uh, uh, last uh, last night with uh, uh, Wenberg, you know, being the top-line center uh, for the Seattle team. You know, is he ready for his top-line center duty, uh, Casey Middlestat? Uh, moving forward uh, and with the uh, uh, Buffalo Sabres. And then, of course, you've got uh, Jeff Skinner, who's going to be looking to bounce back as well. So I understand there's maybe some concerns offensively, too, uh, for Buffalo. But I think there are greater concerns uh, defensively and with an aging goalie 
uh, in Craig Anderson, who was, you know, average at best in spot duty with Washington uh, last year, whenever Samsonov or uh, Vanacek couldn't play. So uh, they're going to give up some goals. And I think for Montreal, look, they got pretty much shut down and a little bit of a defensive battle with a Toronto team that is actually much better defensively than people think. I mean, they improved defensively last year, the Leafs, and they look like they'll be pretty solid defensively. But now you step down in class if you're Montreal playing this, you know, bottom feeder Buffalo Sabres team. I get it. Montreal's on the back-to-back, and they're going to have Samuel Montembeau uh, in net for them uh, on the back-to-back. But I could see Montreal finding the back of the net. I actually have three bets on this game, three different ones. Montreal, like, I understand they're on the back-to-back, but we're not going to get minus 135 to minus 140 to bet against Buffalo very often. So I'm on that. I'm on over five and a half. And I'm going to go one step further. Team total at plus 125. Montreal Canadiens over three and a half. I like that as well. So Habs team total over three and a half, plus 125. Montreal money line minus 135. And Montreal Buffalo over five and a half, minus 120 for me in this game. Alex, Habs, Sabres. Yeah, I agree with all three of those plays. I'm going to just keep it with the first period over. I got that at minus 125 or at one and a half. Uh, I just don't see where the defense is going to really pop up. And even obviously Montreal is going to have the better defense. But as far as the goaltending with Montembeau, you know, kind of want to see how how he he fares. I think Buffalo might be able to get a couple goals past him. But I definitely, like I said, Buffalo team totals uh, with their opponents, something I'm just going to have circled year round and I'll be hitting on those more often than not. I have a lot of stuff on this card already. So that's why it, it hasn't made it on, on for this evening. But uh I definitely think that we're gonna see this is just a, a horrendous gold goaltending tandem uh and a shaky defense. I just think Buffalo is going to even games they win, which those will be few and far between, they will have to figure out a way to get four and five goals because I just don't see where they're gonna be holding a whole lot of teams to three goals or fewer on a given night. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's going to be difficult for this uh, Sabres team. And uh, look, I said only one goal for Montreal last night, although it was Jonathan Drouin who scored it, which is good news because you really want and need him to produce and bounce back. Really happy for him. Yeah, exactly. With the obviously the battles he's gone with his mental health, you you like to see that. And hopefully he has a good year. I I hope for that, that for him and a good first start for him. But again, you're going to compare the Buffalo defense to Toronto's defense. Uh, You can compare them. Yeah, you can compare them and say there's no comparison. That's the comparison right there uh, with the Sabres and the Leaf defense. So Montreal should be able to have a better time of it offensively tonight. Jimmy, what do you like in this game? Yeah, I got a couple of things I like here. I love the over uh, in this. I lo- I like a Jimmy Puck line in this. The Habs minus one and a half. Uh, and, and I like uh, Christian Dvorak to score a goal. Um, I liked what, how he played last night. I would even go with his line mate as well, who you can get at plus 400 right now to pop one in as well. And that's Josh Anderson. I think he's up for a big year. I think that whole line could be up for a big year if they stay healthy guys. That's something to watch there as we go on. They're already clicking in the preseason. They clicked last night. Keep an eye on that. It's, it's technically their second line, but I think when all is said and done, it couldn't end up being their top line. So those are three things I like tonight. By the way, I'm going to also go with in terms of shots on goal and also throw out a couple player props because Nick Suzuki, yeah, he'll score, but he likes to dish as well. Uh, his line mates, Caulfield and Toffoli, over shots on goal, both of them. Like yeah. This Buffalo defense will give up shots. They did last year. They gave up 30, 40 shots in a lot of games. Caulfield, Toffoli playing on that top line. I wouldn't even argue with the second line guys, Drew and Dvorak Anderson, all capable of you know firing a lot of rubber 
you know, at Craig Anderson tonight for the Buffalo Sabres. So overshots on goal. If you want to sprinkle goal score props on any of those guys, I know Proline King in our chat likes Caulfield anytime goal score. Anybody from the top six from Montreal, goal score and overshots on goal tonight, I'm interested. Uh, but especially yeah. the top line guys, Caulfield and Toffoli playing with uh, Suzuki. You know, it's crazy. I don't think we're going to do this a lot and sprinkle something on a, on a Buffalo player to score. But one guy to keep an eye on, I think he actually could have a pretty decent year. He's getting more playing time now. They're going to depend on him more is Tage Thompson. And you can get him at plus 400 right now to pop one in. Yep. He did. And a good training camp uh, in yep. preseason as well. That's a good one. Keep an eye on that, and you'll get some uh, good value as well. Pittsburgh and Florida. Florida minus 175 home favorites. Six and a half the total in this game. Uh, I like Florida in regulation here. I'm going to get it down to minus 115. Uh, look, maybe Pittsburgh's going to just rally the troops, and this defensive-minded uh, style of play, that they certainly adopted it against Tampa Bay. I mean, they were all over the lightning uh, maybe it's going to allow them to survive here these first uh, few games as they await uh, the return of Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, uh, and uh, Jake Gensel. Um, but Tampa Bay, part of that was not just Pittsburgh was great defensively, which they were. Part of that was Tampa Bay was just a no-show. Flat as a pancake right from the opening face-off. Like John Cooper said, uh, we watched the banner going up, and then we watched a team want to win a hockey game after that. You know, we did a lot of watching. It was the, a great line from Cooper uh, after that loss. Going to be much tougher here against uh, Florida. I was impressed with Pittsburgh's defense, and maybe they'll do it again here, but uh, I think it's going to be much tougher to do that against this Panthers team. Really like what they've done. They've got a healthy Aaron Eckblad, who, as I mentioned in the preview show, I like him to win the Norris at plus 2,000 this year, 20-1. to 1, uh, Eckblad to win the uh, Norris Trophy, paired with Wegar on the blue line. Uh, definitely is going to help them back there. Sam Reinhart, by the way, I like Sam Reinhart goal score prop and shots on goal. I like these guys that go from a horrible organization to a team that's expected to do good things. And I think in that first game, you see just the excitement from a guy like Sam Reinhart to probably be on this Florida team, be out of the shit show that is the Buffalo Sabres right now. So over shots on goal and goal score prop for Reinhart makes sense. Barkov playing with Barkov is going to make him uh, even better. With Verhage, that's going to be a good top line. Bennett Hubert, Owen Tippett continues to get better. Very good second line. Uh, you've got Anton Lindell. Watch out for him on the third line. Uh, you know, and you've got a guy that you know had a lot of pedigree at one time. It's had a you know uneven career, but Anthony Duclair on a fourth line. You can't even put it past him. Maybe to chip in offensively as well. Uh, it looks like it's going to be Sergei Bobrovsky in net uh, tonight. And uh, Joel Quenville said he's basically going to be back and forth. You know, it's Bobrovsky and. Spencer Knight, you know, sharing the net uh, through the course of the year. And even though I prefer Knight to Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky's going to have to bring it every night. I expect extreme incentive from him to be good, be sharp, because he's going to have to battle tooth and nail with Spencer Knight all year to get more starts for this Florida Panthers team. So for that reason, I think he has a chance maybe to step up, have a better game tonight. I like Florida in regulation. And at six and a half, I lean under. Now, I know the under was a brutal beat with Pittsburgh Tampa Bay the other night, but you deserved the under you deserve to win that bet. If you took it, I would lean in that direction again tonight with this Pittsburgh really conservative style of play that I think they want to employ here until they get some of their top three forwards back. Uh, Alex, what do you like here? Pittsburgh, Florida. You know, this is a game I, I passed on. Uh, like I said, obviously Pittsburgh, the, the way that they got those goals uh, late was a, a result of Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, trying to shake things up and come back. And, and just for the record, I don't think we're going to see that often from Tampa Bay. 
uh, with them pulling the goalie as early as they did and as often as they did. I think that was kind of a, a John Cooper move, just kind of just, you know, shake things up. You know, uh, I was talking about talking about it with somebody earlier, and they said, you know, instead of him bag skating the guys, that's kind of his way of, of, of you know, trying to show, you know, call them out and say, hey, you know, we need to, to pick things up late in that contest. But Florida, you know, their barometer kind of, in a way, is always Tampa Bay because they're in-state rivals. I'm sure they saw that game and saw how Tampa Bay just, you know, fell flat and say, hey, you know what? We're trying to get to where Tampa Bay is. You know, they're the defending back-to-back champions. We want to make some noise in this Eastern Conference. We have to make sure we don't do things like that. We can't have a, a, a letdown like that in our building. Uh, hopefully the attendance, talk about the team that led the league in attendance last year, of course, they needed a pandemic to do that. But hopefully people will show up uh, to this opener tonight and, uh, and make some noise because this is a fun team to watch. And uh, if they can get things rolling offensively, they should be able to take care of business against Pittsburgh. So I would lean with Florida, uh, maybe any game and get a better adjusted price, but I'm just going to stay away from it. All right, Jimmy, what do you like here? Yeah. You know, look on paper, I look at this and I, I just love Florida and you know, they're getting so hyped right now, but that's the one thing that scares me is how much hype the Florida Panthers are getting. Are they reading their clippings? I don't care what players tell you publicly, they read their stuff and I don't want it to get them and be blowing up their heads right now. And I think there's a real danger of that with the yep. hype that the Florida Panthers have gotten so far in the preseason. So I'm really skeptical. And that's why I'm going to kind of take an approach like Alex and just touch some more in-game stuff there. Um, I'm just going to see how it goes throughout the game and, and, and follow that because I, I think there's a chance that Pittsburgh could sneak up on them just like they snuck up on Tampa the other night. But at the same time, they are a much better. Florida's a much better team. I do believe that the hype is warranted. I'm just skeptical of how much has gotten to their head. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we expected a lot from the Rangers this year. Look how they played in their first game well, last week. So, I'm with you. Right. They keep burning me. Jeez. I mean, just, uh, but, you know, because I'm just, uh, I don't know if it's just, I'm, uh, it's We're, like I'm attached to the hip. We'll get to that team in a second, but guess yeah. who's back on the blue shirts tonight? Yeah, this guy, for better <laughs> or worse. So uh, here we go again with this team. Rope me in, reel me in like the old fish, fisherman. Uh, I'm the bait, and I keep getting reeled in by this team. But we'll get to them in a sec. Uh, first, though, we got to talk New York Islanders, Carolina Hurricanes. This should be a good one. Really, yeah. Good this game. may be the best game on the card, I think, tonight. Very interesting. Lots of good things to really look for and watch mm-hmm. as well. Carolina minus one thirty home favorites, five and a half the total in this one. Uh, some changes, obviously, with these uh, two teams coming into the year. How does Frederick Anderson play uh, now? Coming from the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, you're out of that you know that hot boiling pot if you will and, and now you're in uh, carolina you can relax maybe a little bit uh you know not feel as much day-to-day pressure certainly from the media you won't uh, in carolina can you get it back on track it was a bad year for him i don't want to hear injuries it was a bad statistical year when he wasn't injured and he was on the ice and in the game for the leafs in net he didn't play well for much of last year so can freddie anderson bounce back from that remains to be seen uh, but yes, there are some changes uh, on the blue line, of course, uh, a couple changes there. Uh, and up front, you know, obviously, Asperi Kotkaniemi, uh, they get him from the Montreal Canadiens and the uh, uh, the uh, offer sheet deal. Uh, he'll play on the top line already uh, for this uh, Carolina team. Rod Brindamore giving him top line duty already with Sebastian Ajo and Martin Natchez. Uh, here for this Carolina team, Svechnikov, Trocek, Tara Vinen on the second line, Nita Ryder, Jordan Stahl, Jesper Faust uh, on the third line, Stephen Lorenz, Derek Stepan, Jordan Martinuk. That man, that forward group's really deep. 
I mean, I'm really impressed with that forward depth uh, for Carolina now. It's impressive. Like that is that is 12 forwards deep. Those are 12 freaking rock solid forwards that can contribute to a hockey team offensively included. So uh, going to be a good challenge here for this Islanders team. But we know if there's one team that can defend, you know, a team that's got some game breakers, it's the Islanders uh, under Barry Trotz and that very structured defense that looks very similar to last year. Five of their six starting defensemen, same as last year. It's pretty much uh, Adam Pellick, Ryan Pullock, Noah Dobson, Andy Green, Scott Mayfield. The one new face is the old veteran, the old giraffe, as I like to call him, Zdeno Chara uh, for the New York Islanders. Uh, he is now, of course, part of this team. Uh, now, Anders Lee, the captain who was out for much of last year, is back. He'll play with Matt Barzell and Cal Palmieri on the top line. Beauvillier, Nelson, Bailey, the second line. Keep an eye on Oliver Wallstrom, the guy who really came on in the second half of the year for the Islanders last year. If you're looking for value in some shots on goal and goal score props, point total, point props in games, you might see that with uh, Oliver Wallstrom this year uh, for the New York Islanders. Um, two teams I like, two teams I'd probably prefer to bet on, although I'm not making the mistake of underestimating the Islanders again like I did last year. So, yeah, the draw for uh, Terry Edelman in our chat, I could see it. Tight game, close game. I don't think that's terrible to look at a draw, Carolina Islanders. I'm passing. This is one of the games I've actually passed on. And the way I see it, you know, Carolina's a team I'm looking to bet some overs with. And at five and a half, I'm tempted, but not against the Islanders. You know, we know what the Islanders want to do, and that's keep this a tight, lower scoring affair. Uh, so for that reason, I'll pass on the game. But after tonight, I may look at some overs with this Carolina team because I'm I'm convinced their offense is going to put up some goals this year, but their defense a little bit down just slightly from last year and question marks with Anderson and Ronta, those two older goalies uh, in net for them this year. Uh, Alex, what's your thoughts here? Isles and Canes. This is a pass for me, but if I had to play anything, I would lean with Carolina uh, looking at the numbers. Now, granted, trends are a bit shaky because, uh, you know, for the most part, the team did not play last year. So we're talking about, you know, things that have happened 12 to 19 months ago. But the Carolina Hurricanes have won the last eight meetings against the Islanders, including four of the last five in Raleigh. Uh, That's an interesting trend. And obviously that does involve. Uh, trots so it is you know style has to play it in that in some fashion and then looking at Frederick Anderson who obviously wants to bounce back and he's got the pressure off of him from leaving Toronto he's done well against Islanders in his career 7-2-1 and one with a 2.87 goals against 905 save percentage and one shutout so maybe this would be the, the the right team and the right spot for him to you know uh, show that hey he's, he's ready and focused to lead this Carolina team uh, moving forward in this division, it's a division battle. So obviously points are important. And, and like I said, you want to start off on a, on a good foot at home. So I would lean with Carolina. It, it didn't make my card, but uh, those are just the two points I have on that. All right, Jimmy, what do you like here? Isles Keynes. Yeah. You know what guys, I, we are, we, we're right. When we say that the Islanders are such a great defensive team and their structure they have there, but for some reason, I just sense this being a crazy game. I, I don't know why. I think it's going to be one of these, games we maybe didn't see coming that uh turns into a barn burner uh so i'm gonna go with my gut here and take the over in this i don't know who's gonna win but i you know the draw might be a great play as well but i'm gonna go with my gut here and and take the over i i just don't like in terms of uh defense and goaltending i don't like the carolina hurricanes in that department right now i think their defense is great at moving the puck and creating offensive opportunity 
but I don't think they're a defensively sound team, and I don't like the goaltending moves they made. Uh, and then I look at the Islanders. You're getting Anders Lee back in the lineup, so he's good for more offense. You mentioned Wallstrom. I think he's going to have a, a better year now, too. Uh, I like their, I like the offense in this game, so give me the over. All right, like an over five and a half. I lean that way, but I was just hoping for an opponent other than the Islanders. But it still could get there. Uh, we'll see. And Carolina, definitely, I think, a team that's going to be able to find the back of the net. Like I say, you look at the 12 forwards on that roster in their lineup, their four lines, uh, you could legitimately expect goals from everyone. That's yep. uh, that's how good that forward group is uh, for Carolina and the depth they have uh, up front. All right, Dallas Stars, New York Rangers. We've got the Rangers minus 135 home favorites, total of six uh, shaded to the under in this game, five and a half at other locations. I, I, I'm, I was not very, very high on Dallas coming into the year, and I'm still going to have to see it from them. Uh, you know, when coming into this year that uh, uh, they can improve. I know the pieces, you know, it's been largely the same core of blue liners, Klingberg, Haskin, and Lindell. They bring in Ryan Suter, which I don't think makes the blue line better at this stage of his career. Uh, up front, Radulov, can he stay healthy? If he can, he can still produce. Sagan streaky. Ben, very, very streaky. There's been yeah. games last year you couldn't even find him out there. You know, Pavelski kind of slowed down his production last year. You know, he's now in his mid-30s and going on the backstage of his career, the back foot, if you will. Uh, and you worry about where's the offense going to come from from the third and the fourth line consistently. I mean, Gurionov definitely could have a good year, but, you know, Fox is another inconsistent player. Roffel was the same with Philadelphia last year. That's just question marks. And then in goal, you know, you got Braden Holpe starting the night. And Braden Holpe, you know, has had a rough go of it the last couple of years didn't play all that great with Vancouver last year and of course his last year in Washington was one of his worst years and you got him and an aging Anton Udobin you know as your goalies here in Dallas and to the point where uh, what happened to Ottinger he actually showed some glimpses of hope last year and uh, now all of a sudden uh, away and Ben Bishop still on uh, IR for this Dallas team so you know it's just uh, goaltending concerns as well now look the New York Rangers frustrated me a lot last year and they decided not to waste any time this year in doing so last night against Washington. Um, they actually outplayed Washington in the first period, but when you're down one, nothing and you're taking the play to them and yet you're trailing it really, I think zapped some, some life from that group because that second period was awful. And that's really where they let the game yeah. get away from them. I mean, you gotta be a little mentally tougher than that. I know you're down one nothing in a period you played pretty well in if you're the Rangers. They outshot. They had all the better chances than Washington, but they let it get to them. That's weak uh, from the mental side of things. you got to show me better than that, and that's going to be up to Gerard Gallant through the course of the year because, look, this was a mentally fragile team last year with what we saw. He's got to extricate that from this Rangers team. But you look at this. It's their home opener. It's going to be the better of the two goalies in net, Shesterkin. You know, getting their getting thumped last night five one by Washington. I'm going to trust them to have a much greater effort. Maybe I'm foolish for doing it because we just get, or I've been wrong by this team so many times the last couple of years. But I'm going to come back to the Rangers. And again, I always say this: I'm not out till I lose two, or I don't scale back on my belief on backing a team until I lose two in a row. And that's going to be the case here tonight. So give me New York here minus one thirty five in this one. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Stars Rangers. Yeah, we definitely need to see a much better effort from uh, the Rangers. And maybe, you know, like I said, the, they were kind of just caught up in the whole uh, realm of, you know, well, the revenge for last year and, 
uh, the different things, and it just kind of just you know distracted them to the point where they just couldn't focus and, and play. It looked sharp in the first period. They were doing you know things the right way. They were getting shots on goal. They were getting shots on goal for the most of the second period. And then all of a sudden, the floodgates just opened up against them. Like I said uh, earlier in the program, you know they took some dumb penalties uh, throughout the night, and that was kind of the the X factor. So you can't afford to do that against uh, a, a Washington team. Ovechkin ended up burying them. With, uh, he had two goals, and they ended up getting two goals on on the power play as a whole. So tonight they played Dallas. They don't have to worry about any of the, you know, that kind of uh, the, the media hype or, or what have you. They played against Brayden Holtby, a guy who he's familiar with uh, New York when he played with Washington record 10, 13 and one with a 2.47 goals again. So uh, that obviously leans to the fact that those two teams play each other tight. I think we see a little bit more wide open play here, even though Dallas has been an under team for years. Uh, like I said, with that aging core on the on the blue line, uh, most notably Ryan Suter, I think they might be a little bit susceptible to give up some goals here. So I would look at the over uh, six here, if anything. I'm just more of a lean, but uh, I could definitely see where you know if the Rangers can press the tempo early and make up for what they did last night. Uh, Dallas can be able to return some firepower and should be able to get over that number. All right, lean to the over, if anything, here for uh, Alex in this one. Uh, total of six, uh, five and a half. Starting to show up, but mostly sixes across the board. Uh, Jimmy, Dallas, New York Rangers. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Ian. This team, I keep thinking this is going to be the year for the Rangers. And uh, I guess we're, it, it feels like, again, I'll show my age here. It feels like before 1994, we kept thinking it was going to be the year. And then they finally did it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I got to say they bounce back. Like, this is where Gerard Gallant's value comes in, right? This is where he says, what the hell was that? And he whips them into shape and he makes them bounce back. And I, I just, Dallas is a, I don't know, something about them I don't like this year. Uh, Maybe the goaltending, like you said. So give me the, I'm going to go with the Jimmy Puck line here. I think the Rangers bounce back big time and you get some really good value right now on that. Give me uh, the Rangers minus one and a half. And he's right. Plus 175 is out there for Rangers minus one and a half on the puck line uh, in this game. Um, All right. Before we get to our next game, it's DraftKings. We want to mention them and we want to congratulate actually the NHL and DraftKings official sports book partner now uh, of the National Hockey League. Uh, terrific news there and great promos that are uh, available uh, with DraftKings, official sports betting partner now of the NHL. New customers, you can bet $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. You know, that's one of the new promotions now with the NHL and DraftKings. So take advantage of that. Think about that. Bet $1, any NHL game, $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. You know, and uh, there's usually a good chance of that in the majority uh, of NHL games uh, that each team will find the back of the net. So make sure you take advantage of that. Uh, If your sports book is not available right now in your state or if you're in Canada, again, where it's not available either, don't worry about it. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long. DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest as well. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with your first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it right there on the screen. And again, $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Promo code THPN, DraftKings Sportsbook, the new official sports betting partner of the NHL must be 21 years of age or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only new customers, only minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required one per customer restrictions apply. 
See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. DraftKings, check it out. Use the promo code THPN. All right, let's move on. We've got a, a game that it may not be fascinating on paper, but it's got some interesting elements certainly to talk about. Uh, Arizona, Columbus. We've got Columbus minus 160, uh, home favorites, a five and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, Trevor Loudon saying Fox over a half a point for the Rangers. I took Adam Fox over one and a half shots last night, and it clearly got there with ease. So Adam Fox shots, points, goals. Yeah. Kind of thinking along your lines there. He's bet on in terms of player props, I think, right now uh, for the Rangers. For Columbus, obviously they're rebuilding. But when you match up their roster right now with Columbus's, there's still some more, a better overall top-to-bottom roster, blue line, goaltending uh, than Arizona. You know, you still have at least Patrick Lyonet for as maddening as he can be. Uh, Tessier, uh, Jacob Voracek comes over from the Flyers. You have Gus Nyquist, veteran forward. Roslovic Bjorkstrand's a capable offensive player. Yeah, you got questions. Who's going to score on the third and the fourth line for you? The blue line still, Jake Bean was a nice pickup. I actually like that yeah. guy from Carolina. Nice pickup there for Columbus. Uh, Zach Wierenski, Gavrikov, Boquist uh, brought in in the offseason. Dean Kukin, Andrew Peake, uh, and Merzlikens, of course, in goal. And then you compare that to Arizona. It's it's thin. I mean, Clayton Keller's erratic. They get Ryan Dezingle, uh, but now he's got to play in a top six role, which he hasn't been accustomed to. Phil Kessel, they need a lot out of him, and the guy doesn't even want to play there anymore. You know, he wants out of Arizona, uh, Phil Kessel. So that, that's not going well uh, for them right now. Uh, the third and the fourth line, Louis Erickson's just been uh, non-existent, I would say, in the last year or two in his career offensively. Travis Boyd, Dimitri Yashkin, Antoine Roussel, fourth line, Christian Fisher, JB, like you, it's nothing offensively in terms of consistent contributors uh, on the bottom six. The blue line, Ch- Chikrin, I like him as a player, but is he a top defenseman? I don't know. Strawman has had a lot of injuries recently. Timmons, Goss despair is a nightmare in his own zone, even though he can skate and shoot the puck. Uh, there's just a lot of issues there. And then Carter Hutton and net, you know, that's, that's not uh premier goaltending by any stretch of the imagination. It's going to be rough for Arizona. They have a bottom tier roster. They're tearing this thing down and they're going to try to build it back up again. And I wasn't expecting to, I was clearly expecting to stay away from this game uh, just a, as early as a day ago. But now you're starting to read, you know, everybody talking, Brad Larson, the head coach, a lot of the players. We really, this is going to be an emotional night, tribute to the fallen teammate, uh, Matisse Kivlenix, and that awful, mm-hmm. uh, tragic death that happened earlier, uh, that they want to really have a big game, play well, uh, and they're better than Arizona to begin with. This is one of those rare situations where minus 160, I'm laying the money line. I'm not even going regulation, puck line, or anything. Uh, I'm laying the minus 160 here uh, with Columbus in this game. And keep in mind, Columbus here as well, going into this game, uh, Elvis Merzlikens is in net. Is there anyone that was maybe closer to Kivlenix than Merzlikens? I mean, my goodness, they're battery mates, essentially, as goaltenders. There's country mates as well, the same country, Latvians, both of them. Uh, You got to believe that guy is going to, if he has the opportunity to stand on his head and the ability to do that, he will do that tonight. And it may not be required, believe it or not, with this patchwork Arizona forward group. He may not even have to stand on his head to shut yeah. this team's offense down. So uh, definitely I'd expect Columbus to uh, 
really have a concerted, spirited, emotional, fired up type of night uh, here to get the job done. And they're going to do some things before the game tribute wise for Matisse Givlenik. So give me Columbus here, minus 160. I lean over too, because usually with these bad teams, you know, teams that aren't expected to be playoff teams, they usually play pond hockey and, and just trade chances. You could see that. So I lean over the total a little bit. And it's not Tortorella anymore. Larson does want to see them play a little bit more up-tempo this year, apparently, from all indications. So I do like the over as well, but definitely Columbus at around minus 160. If you want a better price, you could always go for Columbus in regulation instead uh, as an option. Uh, Alex, your thoughts here, Arizona-Columbus. Well, I've, I've said it at nauseum about how bad I think Arizona's going to be, to use the old uh, quote from Moneyball. There's good teams. There's bad teams, then there's 50 feet of crap, and then there's the Arizona Coyotes. That's what it seems like it's going to be uh, this season with that that lineup. It's just it's just awful. But when you add to that equation, they're playing a Columbus team that's going to be skating with some heavy hearts and, and a lot of emotion in that building because Matisse Kivlenix, like you said, this was a guy who was loved by the fans and the organization. Keep in mind, they're AHL teams in Cleveland. So a lot of people go to both uh, Cleveland Monster and Columbus uh, Blue Jacket games. And he, you know, yeah. uh, made an impact within that organization. Uh, and obviously, like I said, with, with Merz Lickens and Nett, I mean, the, obviously the bond to them, they just had a kid, uh, you know, in the offseason in, in the middle name that is after uh, Matisse Kivlenik. So it's going to be a, a heavy and emotional night, but I don't think it's going to drag them down. If anything, it's going to lift them up. Uh, I like them first period puck line laying the half a goal. I got that at plus one sixty. Uh, so the first period over uh, one and a half minus a dollar fifteen. These are two teams I have circled in my list of first period over teams throughout the year. Uh, this is definitely going to be a game where I think we see the that emotion carry them early. Now, if if things kind of you know when you do have moments like that, maybe it, it tails off at the end. That's why I don't want to do anything with them as far as the money line goes. But also the way this Arizona team is built is. They're not really built to come back from from you know giving up a lead either. Once they if, once they're down two three goals, uh, this seems like it probably would be it because like I said they don't have an offensive punch. Phil Kessel is really their only consistent scoring option. So uh, that's what I'm going with. First period puck line with Columbus and first period over. Uh, I didn't see a prop for um, was licking saves. I was looking for his over under saves and nothing posted uh, at the shop that I see where the usually have those options. But if if there is one. And it's uh, within, you know, 27 to 28, I'd probably go over in saves. All right, there you go. Maybe look at Elvis Merzlikens uh, over that save prop as well uh, in this one. Uh, Jimmy, Arizona, Columbus. Right with you guys. Give me Columbus on the puck line on this one. They're just going to blow them out of the building. Great call by you, Ian. There's going to be so much emotion there. I mean, one could argue this is this is Columbus's Stanley Cup game because they want to they win this for their teammate. And they know they're probably not going to do much after this unless they somehow have a miracle and go on some crazy run. I mean, this is it. This is this is the game for them to come out and make a statement. And what a chance, too, to lure their fans in. You know, I mean, I saw a thing on Twitter last night. I don't know if you guys saw it. Some guy was interviewing uh, a fan outside the USA-Costa Rica uh, World Cup qualifier. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we don't have a professional team in Columbus. What? How does it you feel first of all if you're the soccer team well you have an mls team you just walked out of a soccer game and one of those players is on team usa second of all if you're the blue jackets how do you feel when people in columbus are saying that so wow. you know they they got to get the fans back going there i thought they were on the cusp of things in in 2019 when they lost to the bruins in six games they they seem to have some momentum going so 
they're going to have to start to get their fans back. And this is a good chance to do it. Give me the blue jackets minus one and a half. All right. This is going to be what sometimes now we've been doing this show for this is our sixth season on the ice guys. I've been betting NHL hockey for 10 to 12 years now. Alex pretty much in the same ballpark uh, as well in terms of length of time. I don't know if I've bet a game in the manner that I'm going to be betting this next game. And I'm going to tell you about it. Tampa Bay and Detroit. We've got Tampa Bay minus 210 road favorites, five and a half the total in this game. This is a game where in the early part of the game, I expect Tampa Bay to show something because John Cooper just gave them hell for that performance the other night after that game uh, against the uh, Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. And look, it was a no-show. That's what it was. I mean, there was no emotion. There was no intensity. Every puck battle on the ice was being won by a penguin player uh, on Tuesday night. That's what it was mm-hmm. uh, in that game. And I expect a different when, when Cooper says what he said, you know, we just stood there and watched Pittsburgh play the entire night. You expect better, especially from a team that, you know, expects to compete for a Stanley cup. Again, I don't think they're going to be quite as good or certainly not as deep up front with the third and the fourth line as last year, but I definitely expect them to be better. Although they did get some bad news, Zach Bogosian already, Uh, out with a lower body injury and he's going to be out until uh, December like a two-month absence is what we're looking at here for uh, Zach Bogosian uh, of the uh, 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 Tampa Bay Lightning so uh, that's definitely something that uh, concerns uh, me uh, going forward for the Tampa Bay Lightning but early in this game especially with Detroit not having played yet and Tampa does have a game under their belt uh, I expect them to be good early in the game I like Tampa in the first period uh, in this game uh, you can get Tampa first period right now uh, at minus a half at around plus 130. Uh, I like that quite a bit. But I'm also coming back with Detroit full game plus 180 or so uh, in this game because I could see them definitely having a great start, getting a lead. But I don't know if they're going to be so good that they're going to get up 2 nothing, 3 nothing, 4 nothing because – they are playing a goalie that I really, really like, and Alex Nedeljkovic, uh, who's going to play his first game tonight for the Red Wings. And if Tampa can just, if Detroit can be down, uh, best case scenario is I hope it's one nothing Tampa after the yeah. first period. We cash Tampa first period, and then Detroit's still in the game. They regroup after the first period, and then they play better. Because look, like I've said about the Red Wings a bunch of times, I think this is going to be a team that surprises some people this year with what they've got now. Uh, look, and they're going to only get better once they eventually get Jacob Brana back. They'll miss him for offense initially, but you know I, uh, the forward group with Larkin, Bertuzzi, Adam Ernie was good last year. Uh, P.U. Suter brought in. Sedina's going to be better. Robbie Fabry played great once he joined the Red Wings, or much better at least when he joined the Red Wings last year. On the blue line, they bring in the veteran Nick Letty, which I think is going to stabilize that Detroit a blue line and they're going to be a very tough out for teams this year, especially with a goaltender that can flat out play at a high level, in my opinion, and Alex Nedeljkovic. So I like Tampa first period minus the half goal plus one thirty, And then I'm going to take Detroit full game money line here uh, as well at plus one seventy five. Um, I was g- going back and forth. Do I go plus one and a half on Detroit? No, I, I like going with the underdogs for the, for the payout. You know, win or lose, I prefer to take that shot at the uh, plus 180 uh, price here with Detroit. So it's an interesting, interesting concept for me. Tampa first period, Detroit full game money line. But I think it makes some sense here to maybe look at that way. And I want to mention one last thing here. Tampa Bay last year, you know, that was obviously a juggernaut team. We know how good they were. The last five meetings against Detroit, 
to end the season last year, Detroit was three and two against Tampa Bay, believe it or not. And that was a better Tampa Bay team. And in the two of the three wins were in Detroit for uh, the Red Wings against the Lightning. So this ain't a slam dunk for this Lightning team, especially if they don't uh, answer the bell after a Tuesday night. I expect them to do that early, but I think Detroit regroups and still gives them a puncher's chance to win this game. So there you go. Tampa first period puck line, Detroit full game money line. A unique approach for me with this game. Alex, what do you think? Tampa Bay, Detroit. Yeah, you know, I mentioned it earlier about how some, you know, you look at certain teams and trends and angles, they aren't as valid because of, of of the time we lost last year with the shortened season and the realignment. But keep in mind, these two teams, they have had bad blood for quite a while. They've been division mates uh, the entire time. They were in the Central last year, but now they're back in the Atlantic where they were uh, before the pandemic changed everything. They've had some, uh, you know, playoff battles as well. So there's some chippiness here uh, with, with this series. And like I said, we saw, you know, uh, Detroit get some wins over Tampa last year, which was a better Tampa team and uh, a worse Detroit team, in my opinion, especially from a goaltending perspective. Uh, I, I like your angle, Ian, and, and I would ask you, would you put, potentially think of looking at maybe going a half unit on that money line full game? Because if that first period Tampa cashes, you could get an even better adjusted number on the game money line live. Yep. And then you could add to that. That that would be another option uh, for those of you if you're looking to, to kind of go with, with uh, Ian's approach. So I think yeah. that, that that's very bright of you uh, to, to have that stack. I would just look at the first period over here. Uh, one and a half minus a dollar twenty. We've seen that cash uh, a, couple, a few times with these two teams. Like I said, I think Tampa. This is going to come out guns blazing. They could get that second goal uh, on their own. But like I said, Detroit. If they, you know, kind of punch back a little bit, maybe they do end up making a one-one or even we can see two-one uh, Tampa. So I think we're going to see a little bit of fight. And if we do see it from from Detroit, chances are it, it will be early. I mean, that's the way I kind of view it. So I'll play the first period over one and a half. Uh, minus a dollar twenty, but I, I think, like I said, Tampa is definitely gonna have to come out uh, with their hair on fire because the the effort they put at home, uh, you know, even if we have banner raising ceremony, of course, the teams you know get complacent and kind of get emotional. Still, no excuse for just not having any kind of offensive punch uh, against Pittsburgh. That is a good point, and that's probably what I'll do. We're gonna not bet the entire stake on the Red Wings money line pregame, a little bit pregame. And then if Tampa does indeed have that lead after the first period, get a better live money line price and put the rest on it at that time. That would be the the, the approach for sure. Uh, Jimmy, Tampa Bay, Detroit. Boys, we said it. Like we warned of this in our preview show, and I think we are witnessing the start of it even one game in, and I'm going to say now two games in. Tampa Bay is a tired team emotionally and physically. Give me the Red Wings straight up money line here. This is going to be a rough start for Tampa. I, I could see them going oh in four, oh and five out of the gate right now. That's that's how low I am on Tampa Bay right now. And that sounds crazy. They're the back-to-back champs, but I, I'm telling you that you got to watch out for these teams right now. And that's why I'm going to keep an eye on the Islanders as well because they've gone pretty deep too. So yep. let me look at those two teams right now and see how they react to fatigue and, and just you know recovering from everything they've been through mentally. I mean, it, don't, don't forget they in, in in terms of going so deep in the playoffs and then with COVID and everything else, it, it seems like it's prime to come all crushing down right now in the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I'm going to go against them for a bit here and, and wait until they prove to me that they're over that. Yeah. I would have loved Detroit a lot tonight had Tampa won uh, against Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a situational yeah. game. But t- I get that, but still, yeah. I, I I like Detroit guys. Yep. And uh, a guy too. I'm gonna put a little uh, a little side on to a little prop bet too. Give me cider to get an assist in this game. This kid is gonna be an assist machine. He is getting put right on that power play. He's next to yes. Nick Petty. Uh Keep an eye on this guy. He is a Calder favorite in my eyes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely want to keep an eye on him for sure. Moritz Sider, uh, the defenseman here for the Detroit Red Wings. So uh, keep an eye on him. Uh, you're right there. They're singing his praises here uh, early on in uh, camp or throughout camp they were. And uh, so it's going to be exciting, interesting to see how he acclimatizes to the lineup. But uh, definitely Detroit. Uh, like I say, these are the prices where I'm I'm tempted by. I'm yep. going to be looking at Detroit you. a few times all year. Yep. They're a team to watch. You know who they remind me of now? And I, I won't say Ottawa's that far ahead of them, but they could be this year's Ottawa. You know, yes. like watch them as the year goes on. They're not going to make the playoffs. They get, they're they going to get a lot, a lot, but they're going to give teams a lot of trouble. They're going to be a hard out. You know what? It might even be a fun bet if you can get good value on it is the plus one and a half with Detroit. I could see yeah. them covering that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, competitive team. You know, like Seattle, the next team we're going to talk about, which already covered a plus one and a half uh, in their first game uh, against Vegas. Yeah, should have won. And I think they will win tonight. Seattle and Nashville. Nashville minus 125 home favorites, five and a half the total in this game. I like the Kraken here. You can get plus 115, plus 110 on them. Uh, If they play anything close to the way they did against Las Vegas, in particular, second and third period of that game, they can win tonight. You know, the effort was very good. In my opinion, I know they're still battling a couple COVID cases still from the other night, but I, I was impressed with the effort level. You know, I don't think much of Nashville uh, coming into this year. Uh, Victor Arvidsson gone, Ryan Ellis gone, Callie Yarncroke, of course, now with the Kraken, Pekka Rene retiring. It falls on the shoulders of UC Soros and Net. And again, you look at the forward group, it's the same old people, Duchesne, Johansson you know, that have underachieved the last few years. They haven't played as well as people thought, you know, for this team. I like Eli Tolvanen. Look, even Philip Forsberg, for as great a career and great a predator as he's been, a lot of the advanced numbers say he's not making plays or as as much as he was the last couple of years or the last few years. We've seen his playmaking go down. We've seen a lot of statistics involving Forsberg take a downward turn, you know, the last year or two. So as good as a player as, he, as he's been, and he's still one of the best forwards the Predators have right now. You worry about his play throughout the course of the season with sh- signs of decline and signs of regression for Philip Forsberg showing up in Nashville's performance last year. So, yeah, I think Seattle's got a, sh- a-, a great chance here to get win number one, and I'll take them here, plus 113, 115, best price out there with Seattle. I think they can get the job done, get that first win in franchise history. Alex, what are your thoughts, Seattle and Nashville? Yeah, right there with you. I'm on the crack, and I grabbed that plus 115 yesterday. Uh, I like the the resilience we saw from them fighting back through the crowd and the emotion of being, you know, the the, the you know the new kids on the block and, and everything that that's moving uh, in that first period down to nothing, but to come back and, and tie that game. Like I said, I'm sure they're not happy with the fact that, you know, they lost on a questionable call. Uh, they want to, you know, make sure to get a, a full effort out tonight. And playing in front of uh, T-Mobile Arena for the first game, that should be able to to get them acclimated to what's going to be another loud, rowdy environment uh, in Bridgestone Arena. That natural crowd's going to be rocking and rolling with, you know, uh, full fans. 
So I think that's going to help them. They'll be able to, to, you know, understand that, hey, we need to take the, the crowd out of it, get to a, to a hot start. So uh, this is a, a good plus price. So let's release the Kraken. We're going with Seattle for their first win in franchise history tonight. Yeah, release the Kraken. Uh, set the over-under at uh, 985,000 times we'll hear that this year. Broadcasters, uh, media personalities, uh, you know, coaches, players, uh, people online like us. Yeah, we'll all be using that line quite a bit when it comes to talking about Seattle. Jimmy, Seattle, Nashville. Well, I got, I got another one we can use, all right? We'll, we'll start our own little one here. Get Kraken. That's what I'm saying. They're going to get <laughs> no. Kraken tonight. Uh, I'm with you guys. Give, give me the Seattle Kraken on the money line. All right, Seattle uh, to get win number one. We'll see if they can uh, get her done tonight in Music City. Final game of this Thursday card, uh, Vegas Golden Knights, Los Angeles Kings. Vegas minus 155 road favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. I have a small lean. I might have a couple, put a couple bucks on. It's not a strong play, but a small lean to the Kings here. Even though Las Vegas won uh, the other night uh, against uh, Seattle, it wasn't overly emphatic or impressive at the end. You know, in terms of high danger chances, Seattle was generating more of them, especially in the last two periods. Robin Leonard was a bit shaky. His rebound control was a little out of whack, out of sorts. And now it's going to be up to him to show, you know, Peter DeBoer, uh, McCrimmon and uh, George McPhee and this entire Golden Knights brass that he's up to the task of being the guy uh, in net for an 82-game season, the number one guy uh, for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, the blue line is still excellent. You know, Martinez, Petrangelo, McNabb, Theodore is a great top four. I don't deny that. Uh, you know, the good news is, you know, we saw, you know, some of their better top forwards uh, have uh, scored some goals for them the other night in the uh, win against Seattle. But I still question, you know, consistently, what can you get from the third and the fourth line for Vegas? And for the Los Angeles Kings, man, is it unfortunate that Quinton Byfield got injured because I was looking forward to seeing him uh, in this Kings lineup. But when I look at this team, Victor Arvidsson, maybe new life and resurgence in LA away from Nashville, playing with Kopitar and Dustin Brown of uh, Vladimir Kachev. Well, watch out for him. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's uh, in the KHL was very good. Can he translate to the NHL is going to be the question, but solid offensive player there. One of the best defensive forwards in the NHL. In fact, I think he's going to win the Selkie uh, this year. I, I put it in our predictions little blurb there, you guys. We all did a little predictions uh, piece, and it's on the Patreon page, patreon.com slash guys. I've got Philip Deneau for the Los Angeles Kings as my Selkie Award winner uh, this year. Uh, obviously, great things he did, shutting down you know the likes of the Leafs' offensive dynamos, the Jets' offensive dynamos, Vegas's best offensive players. He played so well in the playoffs for Montreal defensively uh, against those teams. Uh, and now you got him on this Kings team. He'll play. Uh, he'll be good on that second line with Ayafalo as well. Uh, Velarde, uh, our Arthur Kaliev is a guy that could take a step forward. Uh, Adrian Kempe and Carl Grundstrom on the fourth line could chip in as well. I do worry about the blue line, other than Doughty uh, and uh, Edler. And Walker, a lot of youth back there. It could be a little bit of growing pains for them there. But Peterson and Nett showed you a lot last year as well. Uh, LA, another one of those teams, will they, they will be improved. How much they improve is the question. I think they could be improved enough to give Las Vegas a battle tonight in this game. So it'll be a small bet for me on Los Angeles here at a plus 135 to plus 140 home underdog price uh, alex your thoughts on vegas and la yeah i went with the first period over here I, I'm, I'm really kicking myself that i did not have the uh that play for vegas and seattle except knowing how 
Uh, everything's going to be amped up as far as crowd goes. Won't be the same atmosphere in Staples Center, but it's still going to be, uh, you know, buzzing a bit. These are division rivals. Uh, these two teams, you know, played each other a couple times in the preseason. And it's not exactly bad blood, but they they don't, you know, uh, they're exactly friends either. So I, I think Vegas is going to want to try to carry things along uh, and, and, and get the tempo rolling. And we've seen L.A. They were a first-period over team for most, most of uh, last year. Uh, they've got some offensive punch, but their defense is still a bit questionable, still shaky in net as well. So I like Vegas and L.A. to go over one and a half minus a dollar twenty. All right, the first period over one and a half minus 120 with Vegas and L.A. for Alex. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Golden Knights, Kings. Yeah, I'm going to jump on that as well. And then I like the Kings, guys. I like the Kings in a money line here. I mean, got to look back at that first game for Vegas and the second half of that game and how poorly they played. That stuff can trickle over. I mean, I'm sure they addressed it yesterday, but that can trickle over at times. And I, I, I love L.A. this year. I think they're another team, much like the Red Wings, that are going to be scrappy. We saw it a lot at the end of the year last year. They're, they've got some underrated players there. I don't think they're talked about enough. Uh, they've got some good skill that's coming up the ladder there. So uh, I like L.A. to be a scrappy team this year, and I think they're going to open it up with a win on home ice tonight. So give me them on the money line. All right, so first period over and L.A. plus 140 money line for Jimmy with Vegas uh, and Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm interested to see that Kings team this year. There's going to be one, another one of those teams that wasn't in the playoffs last year but should be improved. There's a bunch of them, and I think they'll be a little bit more fun and exciting to watch. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what we get from the Kings here starting uh, tonight. All right, great stuff with Alex B. Smith and Jimmy Murphy. Uh, of course, we do DraftKings promo earlier in the show now, midway through the show, which means when we break finish breaking down the car, we can go right to best bets uh, to wrap up the show. Uh, Alex, uh, what do you got here for best bet for Thursday? We're going to go with uh, Columbus and Arizona first period over one and a half minus a dollar fifteen. Like I said, it's going to be uh, a, a big, heavy, emotional crowd uh, and atmosphere in Nationwide Arena. And I think uh, Columbus is going to take that and, and use that to their advantage. They should be able to get two, if not three, goals in that first period. And, and, and said, uh, you know, they're playing with heavy hearts, but I think it's going to help them move along and get two points eventually in the night. But get the goals early, so we'll go with the first period over is my best bet. There you go. Arizona Columbus over one and a half first period. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, you're up next. Best bet. I'm going to go with that Columbus puck line. Give me that. They're going to they're going to win it for their guy. I, I like that bet a lot. I think they've, they've got a lot of confidence coming in this game and a lot of emotions and they're going to channel it the right way. So give me Colum- I can't believe I'm taking Columbus as a best bet. Probably the last time I do that, but uh, that's my best bet tonight. There you go. Arizona Columbus. Uh, we're going to go uh, minus one and a half puck line for Jimmy Murphy with his best bet. Minus one and a half Columbus plus 160 uh, with that puck line on the uh, Blue Jackets. And I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going back and forth here. Do I go team total for Montreal? Do I go full game? I like the over one way or the other there. I'll go over five and a half Montreal Buffalo, just the five and a half. It is the home opener for Buffalo and it is Sam Montembeau in net. So you know, he's got to show something still. I, he was pretty good, I thought, in the preseason for the Canadians. But, you know, I think he could give up a couple. But Montreal should be good for four minimum. Uh, they're not playing the Leaf defense anymore like last night. They're playing Buffalo uh, and Craig Anderson, an uh, old uh, over-the-hill goalie, in my opinion. Was, you know, every now and then he can rise up, but not at this level of his career consistently at this stage. Montreal-Buffalo, let's go over five and a half. With the Habs and the Sabres, uh, that'll be my best bet uh, for this Thursday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. We thank everyone for tuning in on YouTube Live. And if you can't watch the show, 
on YouTube Live, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. Uh, make sure you download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast providers, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Make sure you download the podcast on all those platforms if you can't watch the show live. We will be back tomorrow, and we will have a special surprise on tap for Monday. So make sure you tune in on Monday. Uh, You don't want to miss that. Uh, For Alex B. Smith and Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will see you and talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of The Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.